Paul's advice is that we do everything in love. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Good morning on this July 4th. Uh, Here in the United States, we're celebrating Independence Day. We look back on our nation's history and the formation of this great nation uh, as it won its independence from British rule and uh, created what is still today the world's greatest constitutional democracy. And I give thanks in my heart to be a a member, a citizen of this great nation and uh, value greatly the freedom uh, that was won for us. And, uh, And we really are the hope of the world in so many ways. And so I give thanks to God for this great country and pray that we would continue uh, to strive to be uh, a place where freedom and fresh starts and new hope can arise for many, many people, both uh, natural-born citizens and those who come to uh, become part of this great country from other places in the world. And so we can be grateful to God today for our great country, and uh, we give God thanks for it. Uh, today we continue on in First Corinthians. Uh, we're nearing the end of the journey in this great letter of Paul to the Corinthian believers. Today we're going to be looking at verses 10 through 18. We're in the home stretch. Uh, these are some final instructions of Paul uh, to the Corinthian believers uh, as it relates to their receiving and handling of certain people that were uh, being sent to them. And so before we go to the text, let's go to the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. Uh, We know, Lord God, that you are still on the throne, still in control, still sovereign over the events of this life. We give you thanks, Lord God, that you set us on our journeys with purpose. And uh, your plan, uh, may it reign and rule in each of us. Uh, Help us to live into your plan and purpose for our lives, we pray. Uh, Guide us as we study your word today, Jesus, and we give you thanks for it in your name. Amen. All right, 1 Corinthians 16, 10 through 18. Paul writes, When Timothy comes, see to it that he has nothing to fear while he is with you, for he is carrying on the work of the Lord just as I am. No one then should treat him with contempt. Send him on his way in peace so that he may return to me. I am expecting him along with the brothers. Now about our brother Apollos, I strongly urged him to go to you with the brothers. He was quite unwilling to go now, but he will go when he has the opportunity. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. You know that the household of Stephanus were the first converts in Achaia, and they have devoted themselves to the service of the Lord's people. I urge you, brothers and sisters, to submit to such people and to everyone who joins in the work and labors at it. I was glad when Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus arrived because they have supplied what was lacking from you, for they refreshed my spirit and yours also. Such men deserve recognition. Paul begins this passage by um, telling them that Timothy is on his way to spend some time with them. It's possible that because Timothy is younger, a younger associate, a younger um, apprentice of Paul, 
and not Paul himself, that when he arrives uh, among the Corinthian believers, they may not respect his leadership. They may not be receptive to what Timothy has to say um, because he's not Paul. And uh, Paul is expressing some concern um, that uh, for Timothy's safety and that he might also be treated with uh, contempt when he arrives. Paul urges them to be to receive Timothy with open arms, and then when Timothy's work uh, in the Lord is completed there, that they would send him on his way in peace. And Paul's expectation is that he would return along with the brothers. Uh, it's a little confusing what Paul is getting at, but we can surmise that this younger associate of Paul's might not be well received by the Corinthian believers, primarily because he's not Paul and he doesn't carry the same weight of authority as Paul. But Paul is sending him in the authority of his leadership and asking the Corinthian believers to be receptive to Timothy and the work that he'll be continuing there, which is the work in the Lord that Paul started when he was with them. Paul also mentions that he has encouraged Apollos to go and be with them. And uh, at the writing of this letter, Paul says that Apollos was quite unwilling to go, but has found that there may be space uh, in his calendar to go when the opportunity presents. Now, I wonder if this has mostly to do with the conflict that was brewing within the Corinthian church, and there were pockets of people devoting themselves to particular Christian teachers. Paul mentions this earlier in the letter uh, at the outset, and he says, some of you are saying, I follow Paul, and some of you are saying, I follow Apollos. And Paul confronts them and says, it's all the work of the Lord. Paul is no one. Apollos is no one. What matters most is the work of the Lord being done and being taking root in an effective way uh, wherever the gospel is being preached. And so it's possible that Apollos was nervous about being confronted by those who were devotees of Paul's teaching or nervous about um, stirring up trouble. But for whatever reason, uh, Paul says that uh, in verse 12 that he was unwilling to go, but would come when he had the opportunity. Um, Then we move on to verses 13 and 14. Paul recounts some similar encouragement that he's offered throughout the book. He says, be on your guard, uh, probably alluding to false teachers who were trying to infiltrate the teaching of the apostles with things that went beyond the gospel as they had preached it. And uh, he says, be on your guard, stand firm in the faith that you were taught. Stand firm in the faith that you profess. Do not let these false teachers wiggle their way in and create conflict and stir up trouble between you. Uh, Take your stand on the gospel. He says, be courageous, be strong in the Lord. Don't be afraid to lead. Don't be afraid to call people out who are trying to do destructive things within the fellowship. And then ultimately do everything in love. Um, It's possible that uh, Paul was reminding them of other places in the letter where he had encouraged them to be uh, to act in mutual love and concern for one another and addressing places where they were not 
uh, acting in mutual love and concern for one another, uh, particularly uh, in the way they were celebrating the Lord's Supper. Some were coming and bringing their meals and pigging out during the Lord's Supper while others who had less were sitting left out, um, watching these others have this big uh, celebrative festive meal. And that was a lack of care and concern. That was a lack of mutual concern. And so Paul is encouraging them to do everything in love, that love must be the impetus uh, for what motivates them uh, in their relationships with each other. And uh, this is a reminder that that would be the basis of how they function in relationship with one another. And then he goes on to talk about some other key uh, families and figures in the Corinthian church. Stephanus, uh, whose family was the first converts in the region. Uh, They devoted themselves to the Lord's service and to the Lord's people. And uh, Paul was calling the believers there to submit to their leadership authority. Uh, and and to join them in the work, and to submit to them in joining to the work of the Lord. So he says, these are strong leaders. These are people to follow. These are people to be respected and to to submit to their leadership. Uh, Paul mentions, too, that Stephanus, Fortunatus, and Achaicus uh, went to him and supplied uh, probably the remainder of some gift that they had sent that had not quite fulfilled Paul's needs, and Paul says uh, what they have supplied is, has replenished uh, and, and met the need, and their presence here has been a refreshment to my spirit as they have been to yours also. And what a reminder, my friends, that we are made for fellowship. We are made for relationship within the body. We're made for each other. Uh, life is better together uh, than going it alone. And how often that has been true in my own life that meeting with a Christian friend or group of Christian friends has been a deep and abiding refreshment to my soul. It's that ability that we have as we gather together, united in the Lord, to breathe life into each other's hearts and encouragement and to speak truth and to pray and to spur each other on in the work of the Lord. What a great gift that is. And I hope that you've experienced that. And if you're perhaps maybe feeling like you're living out on some lonely ledge, I encourage you to move back toward community and fellowship uh, with your brothers and sisters in the faith. What a great encouragement that will be to you as you continue doing that. All right, my friends, what a great teaching today. Uh, We're getting close to the end of this uh, book of 1 Corinthians, and I trust that God will continue to teach us uh, through the word as we resonate on it. God bless you.